Welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for having us for our uh, Supercoach analysis of Essendon. Essendon Bombers, which are very Supercoach relevant this year. Yes, and for those that are following on Twitch and YouTube, we thought we would start with a great Essendon highlight of the Essendon vs Carlton game. <laughs> yeah, look, why not? I mean, if you, if you can, I don't see why you wouldn't want to watch the rewatch these highlights. I mean, this was definitely the best game of their year. Yes, and we're starting uh, after half time, which is where everything went uh, pear shaped. Yeah, <laughs> pear shaped. But um, look, I think Essendon did have some supercoach relevant players in this year, particularly Devin Smith, um, who just slotted one there, I believe. Um, yep. He had a great, great year. Yeah, he did. And uh, they did get a really good recruit. I can't believe they got uh, Dylan Shield. I, I think they were surprised they got him. I know. Like, like, I think, I, you know what it Essendon was? Essendon didn't, didn't think that they would get him. Like, they, they thought 100% he was going to come. What it was is everyone was pitching for this guy. So they're like, everyone's doing it. We might as well throw our hat in the ring too. We're they're like, oh, we got streaking. him. <laughs> everyone's to doing it. The gymnasium. Yeah. So yeah. they're like, well, we'll put our hat in the ring. And, you know, instead of... See what happens. Oh, yeah, their jet was broken. Apparently, um... I had pretzels on board and had to make an abrupt <laughs> landing with Goddard trying to go home. Um, but uh, in the end, they just went to a cafe and sold him. I, go which, figure. Good on him. Because, I mean, oh, yeah. they're now, like, if that, now, now they have no excuses, though. Here's the thing. Yes. They've got some pretty big free agents over the last couple of years thinking that they're poised to enter the eight. Unfortunately, ruined by uh, this game over here. <laughs> oh, it's what great. was even better is when they made the eight and then Sydney thumped them the first one back. Oh, we made too. the finals. Oh, look, and it's tough when you you know two games a year they're guaranteed to play Collingwood pretty much every year they play Collingwood twice. Yes, um, including the and Collingwood's just hit their hit their straps. Um, yeah, exactly. That makes things tough when you know that guaranteed two games are going to be against a team that have a history of especially what? recently. Not to mention, it wasn't just this game that's on at the moment, but um, the the Sydney game. Mm-hmm. They run and pace, and they took the game on because they were behind, and then they went ahead, and then they lost it to Rowan. Is <laughs> it Rowan? It's Rowan. <laughs> yes. Oh, like yeah, that was but, great. Yeah, they should have won that game as well. They do play um, with a fast pace, and I think they that, are entertaining. Yeah, look, I mean, essentially at the end of the day, after beating the, they they beat the grand, grand finals in Adelaide in round one, right? They had a really great first game. But then they lost six of the first eight games, and that's that's it. That was them done for the yep. for the year. They 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 just couldn't recover. They won um, ten of the next fourteen, but it was done by then. Oh, here comes Kerridge. Oh, about to be delisted. Lines up and <laughs> and there it goes. The delisting happens. Smokes it. Career highlight. <laughs> Enjoy the VFL. <laughs> Sorry, too far. Um, oh, look, outside of the Dreamtime thumping of 71 points, their three defeats in the second half of the season were to the Pies, which was only 16 points, Hawks four points, and the Tigers for eight points. So they are in and around that mix, and they've added another quality um, draft in, obviously, um, Dylan Shield. They could be top eight, maybe top four. Like That's how good their season could be. Um, so I know we're having a bit of a laugh with the, with the reaction at the moment, but... You know, they could really do anything this year, and that's really what's surprising with Essendon, that they really, really, really could hit 
quite a, a big mark, and I think that top four is not out of the question for someone like uh, Essendon this year. Yes, cool. well, they definitely have the the team that they can do it with. If Joe Danaher gets on the field as well, well provides an amazing yeah. option. Hurley, uh, without any injury issues, would be good as well. Yep. Um, so yeah, I actually quite like Essendon. I like watching them, and I do wish them good things for this year. I think it's good for the AFL. Yeah. Uh, if they're up and about, I I agree, and and same with Carlton. It's good for the AFL if Carlton actually do end up at some point. Well, getting better. It'd be good for the AFL if the Suns would uh, stop that It'd be great for the AFL. <laughs> It'd be great for me if the Suns would They're start not, winning. For everyone that's like, oh, get Tasmania aside, A, one, Gold Coast isn't going anywhere. While they're struggling team in the league, yep. we should not be looking. And I know that, oh, well, Gold Coast and Judo, everybody hates them because they're not a Melbourne-based team and the AFL basically probably Yeah, and Tasmania's close to Melbourne, so let's just take that on board. But you, you, it's, you Deal with the existing issues before you tackle front. But the, the AFL, I said, they're in for the long haul. They're not going anywhere. They're going to keep on with the Suns until they're successful, yeah. until it's a growing market in the Gold Coast. It's a lucid market. Secondly, not lucid, uh, liquid market, so Tasmanians are having a sook, and then they're like, well, we're just not going to go to the games in Tasmania to put a stand, and we're going to protest. We're not going to go to these games. But if they don't go to the games... It's just more evidence that you're well, not Well, the AFL is going to be like, oh, there's not enough support in Tasmania, so you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. I'm like, just get over it. They're not moving. I agree. I don't know what like, they're I would doing. love to see Tasmania have a feel. I like would a, prefer, a team, this is an idea that like, I, I don't know if you just said this to me, uh, make Alice Springs the Vegas of Australia and have a sporting team in the middle of the country. That would be sick. I didn't say that to you, but I wish I did. Yeah, like like, <laughs> like literally, like make a strip, light, bright lights, massive like area of, um, you know, of gaming and, you know, Sin City essentially with yeah. a mecca for, I mean, the Northern Territory has talent like it's going out of fashion. Um, you could definitely get people there. The problem is, obviously, temperature. Who's going to want to play? Oh, there? I thought you were talking about ladies. <laughs> 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 I was like, what are you talking about, talent? No. Uh, the best part is, Chris, is that they could actually put solar panels out because we have um, a lot of good solar options that we could do. Yeah, well, they're they, could actually, have to. they could actually do a solar farm to pump out and run the Las Vegas in the. Um, so we've just, we just, by the way, from the yeah. AFL, and you just heard that. Yeah, desert. you're right. Yeah. We, we actually own 20% of all the land there. And <laughs> no, just not kidding. We, um, look, let's yeah, get back onto the task of hand. So Essendon's draw. Um, so they have the sixth hardest draw according to champion data, which isn't amazing. Um, but they play Collingwood, GWS, um, North Melbourne, who are obviously on the improve, Sydney and Frio. So that is hard because I see Collingwood and GWS as probably top eight. North as wanting to hit top eight and improving their team. Sydney is, have been in top eight forever. And Frio, who are also improving, however, they're not, and they're not easy beats. But they are obviously a team. That well, Fremantle need to change the way they play. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Dave Swizzle said the Bombers are the most irrelevant Supercoach team of 2019. <laughs> Zach yeah. Merritt, to move on. <laughs> yeah, someone said, "What's going on?" I thought you were live, um, sitting in a coffee shop waiting for Lockie Neal. Very cool. Who is this? Uh, Z from Oz. Whoever you are, best call. Best call the stream. Thanks very much. <laughs> All good. Um, so look, I, I actually do think that there are relevant uh, people for more, more for draft, but there is some um, uh, standard relevancy. So we'll go through that. They also have the early buy, so um, you could actually have these players as upgrade targets. Yes, which is an option. So we could do that as well. Um, and they share the buy with Frio, Hawks, Power, Saints, and Dogs. So of those teams, probably the more relevant team is Essendon. So. You could definitely target some of these players as yeah, people that you upgrade after. Yeah, except for yeah, you're looking at except for Titch, 
and um, Fife. Fife. That's about it, really. Yeah, I mean, power. And they, do- well, unless you're going to... still exist. And dogs, I guess, in the forward line. If um, Nah, not touching any... Don't even me. Don't at me, bro. I'm not touching a single Western Bulldogs player this year. Not even... Unless they're a rookie. Nah, maybe not even them. That's the... That's you, Bevo. You've done this to yourself, all right? So, hey, would you pick a, fee- a free metal player then as well? Oh, or are you off dogs and free I'm, metal players completely? Except for rookies. No, nah, free metal's gone all right. I'm actually, I'm more on the Ross Lyon train now that he's blooding the youth. Go Ross Lyon, you know? Just get him in here. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> in my free metal podcast, I have literally put down ones to watch, Ross Lyon, don't trust that slippery gypsy. Spoiler alert. <laughs> tomorrow's podcast. Yeah, spoiler alert. Um, look, okay, so let's go through their off-season. Um, so their ins was the big one, which is uh, Dylan Shield. Yes. Who they lost is relevant too. Uh, Travis Collier, um, who who didn't play many games this year, but he was their like, real pacey small forward. So there is a spot there. Brennan Goddard, so there's another spot there. Jackson Merritt and Josh Green. So two of their, um, their real pacey forwards they've gotten rid of. So there's a spot there for a rookie or someone coming through um, that hasn't necessarily had enough game time yet. As that small forward option. So I do... The other thing is... What happens with Devin Smith? But we'll get to that. Um, I do think that Dylan Shield is a massive in. And should we just start off with Dylan Shield? Yeah, I think so. I think Dylan Shield is amazing. Except uh, he has two bung shoulders. Mm-hmm. And never seems to hit the hype. Uh, as in, I like him. I love him as a player. I think he's going to be great for us. And I think he's a great get. However, you know, two bung shoulders and, you know, a dodgy knee. Like, what do you... Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I like him. I think he'll be great for them, but I don't know if I can pick him in super coach because even in previous years where he has started off amazingly at 120, he still dives off a cliff. Yeah, and, and a lot of it's to do with, um, well, first of all, his role, he never got really complete mid-minutes when he was at GWS. He always played too much forward, for my, in my opinion. So part of it is role, but, I mean, obviously with the GWS and the mids that they had... He can, uh, he can he, still hit the scoreboard though, running yeah, he, through, which is amazing. Yeah, which is um, great. But he's more of a stoppage generator for scoring. To be in my personal, oh, I think he's a stoppage expert. He'll still be the highest averager for the club in Supercoach. You reckon this yeah, year? Hundred percent. There's a bet for you. Well, ooh, I mean, I don't know about that. I don't know, but I mean, it's like it's. it's here's the thing: he's 487k, so he's super cheap as an option. I have more of the opinion that he actually props others up as opposed to that. I think Zach Merritt's the person who averages the most. Oh, geez. Good thing he didn't take that bet. <laughs> can we, we rewind? Wait, well, we're on 30 second delay here. I forgot about... Can we rewind? No, I forgot about Zach Merritt. So I think Zach Merritt's the one that really benefits the most. Yeah, um, Dylan Shaw will be the second highest averager in the club. Yeah. Yes. Probably. Probably. Good thing he didn't just... I would have shaken your hand then. All right. So, I, but I think he more impacts the other players in the team increasing rather than him. I think that he'll probably, if he does go, I think he might average about a hundred. I, I, I doubt. I don't know if he can average what, one one hundred five, one ten. That's a big stretch. I reckon he can go one hundred five. I think one hundred four. It's about 9. his points per minute, right? Yeah. It's, well, it's about his game time. He's never really been able to to string together seasons where he's played eighty five percent time on ground, which is all of the premium mids across. AFL play 85 to 90 percent like all of the real top tier mids. Oh, top tier, yeah. They, they play 85 to 90 percent time on ground. That, that's not going to happen with Dylan Shield. So, but when he is on the ground, he scores points. So, if he was to somehow push that, whether it's fitness related, whether it's his body, or whether it's coaching, I'm not sure. But if he can somehow increase his PPM, uh, sorry, not his PPM, his, um, his time on ground. Yep. Oh, yeah, points um, per minute, time yeah. on ground, yes. That would be great. Now, let's quickly go through the rookies. Um, so they picked up Irving Mosquito, which was their first pick at pick 38. Yes, Mosquito. Um, they were happy. 
That Essendon believe he's the best small forward in the draft. Yeah, and now, the Hawks didn't want him. No, and they, which they is could strange. Have, they didn't even have to shift positions that much. But yeah, know, so Hawks figure. could have had him as a uh, academy selection, I believe. Yeah. Um, with Collier going out and Josh Green going out, there's definitely a lot more room in the forward line this year. So, um, is he going to start round one? Maybe, maybe not. But uh, he's got a chance at some stage this year to play AFL games of football. He's slight. He's obviously really light and uh, and really tiny. He's one seventy six uh, centimeters and seventy two kilos, but he's obviously that evasive, quick, small forward. He's, he's not designed to be a, a big bulky. He's designed to be a small pressure forward who can run around and do his thing and blah blah. I don't know whether that's going to necessarily transmit to a lot of super coach scoring, a la well, say a Jared Garlett or a. Um, I'll tell you what's going to happen, Chris. He's going to get there. He's going to absorb all of the information from everybody else. And like a typical mosquito, he's going to absorb from other people. He's going to get fatter with knowledge. And then smacked. And then injured for the rest of the year. <laughs> and then... <laughs> we could have a lot of fun with a guy called Irving Mosquito. And then you can just cash him out. Catch you later. Mm-hmm. No, I think he'll be a good option. Let's see, let's see how he goes. Yeah. Let's see how he goes. Absorb. Um, look, him up. He missed the under-18 championships through injury, so maybe that's why he slid so much. Um, but I think that he will get games this year. He's currently in my side just because I think he'll play. Yeah, but, it's um, all speculation. We'll see how he goes. Um, we've got uh, Noah Gorn at pick 60, key forward prospect. He turned down a scholarship for in the US for basketball to focus on AFL. Um, Essendon pretty much considers a blank canvas. He's uh, got an AFL-ready body. He's one at 194 centimetres and 91 kilos, which basically is a point guard in the NBA. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just um, Dave Swiss saying Zach Merritt, 110 to 115, and then Shield, Hip, and Smith all around 100, So, which yeah. I agree with. I, I agree just, with I just that. seen, I I just seen Dylan Shield, Pips those, and Hip would only ever get... I mean, Hip only ever gets 100, 101 anyway. So, yep. yeah. No, I think... Um, um, Braden Ham pick 72, project player, but the Dons have a lot to work. We tested elite in sprint and endurance tests. Impressively became, um, uh, came in second behind Sam Walsh in the Geelong's best and fairest, Geelong Falcons best and fairest. He's 180 centimeters and 65 kilos. So he, uh, he needs to go to the gym. He needs to start working out. Um, Tom Jock, uh, is another rookie. Blew everyone away with his endurance results in the off season. Essendon quoted as saying he should come into the club at close to the best athlete at the club. He's 21, so he's a mature age rookie and played in Collingwood's VFL team last season in defense. Can play tall or small as 193 centimeters and 80 kilos as a mature age rookie. So um, watching the JLT, he could be one to start early or get early games. Um, played in the VFL, played very well. And uh, yeah, I'll be surprised if he doesn't get games this year. Well, I don't know, Chris. Like a typical jock, his uh, appearance might be, <laughs> might be brief. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. One jo- you're, that's what you're allowed. One joke per podcast. That's it. That's where we're going to draw the line. <laughs> um, well, cool. it, was it was either that or a Jock Reynolds joke, which. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, just like their webpage fell a bit short. Hello. Hello, hello, Jock Reynolds. Just like their webpage fell a bit short. <laughs> oh, the good old days. The good old days. Okay, now let's just move into the premiums, and I'm going to start off with a little left center because we've already gone through Dylan Shield. Yes. Uh, Hurley, humming along, along nicely in the first uh, seven games of the season, averaging 103, and then he got injured. <laughs> yes, which we said would happen. And then finished the year averaging 90. Just fell off a cliff completely. But here's the thing. Essendon started winning, and they changed their style of football. So Hurley gets his points from sitting behind the ball and either intercepting the ball 
or he gets a cheap one two, switches to the wing, gets a kick back, takes yep. him up, uncontested possession. That that's how Hurley scores his points. Yeah, he's the lucky hunter of defense. Hundred percent. They changed their style of football and started being more attacking and going down the corridor, and it completely instead of handballing out to a, a vacant Hurley yep. or kicking to an uncontested Hurley, they're going straight down the line. And using their pace to kill teams. Yeah, it's like a little town that has a highway that just bypasses them. Right. Catch so, if they continue that style of football, there's no way you can choose Hurley in 2019. I think he's not going to be anywhere near top 10 if that's the case. But, you could look at him as an upgrade option. So, what I'm thinking is, just see how he goes for the first part of the season. I'm, there's no way I'm at 491k. Yep. Oh, there's no way I'm choosing any option. So that's fair. I think there's upside on other people, and you could always upgrade him later on if he has uh, a good run. Yeah, fair call, fair call. Um, now, Devin Smith, you were saying uh, you loved his year. Oh, I thought he had a great year, yep. but uh, he, you know, he got so much of the ball. He was more fantasy relevant rather than super coach. He still had a great year for super coach. Yep. But yeah, you know, he needs to improve his disposal efficiency in order to actually become more relevant. Frustrating is the way to put it because yeah. he, he took Talent. games by the scruff of the net yeah. and so was many literally dragging them over the line sometimes. Heaps of tackles and then would butcher yeah. it. Led the league in tackles, butchered the ball like it's going out of fashion, but he was just, he was in everything. I, some, I reckon he got robbed sometimes as well. Supercoach gods robbed him of some decent scoring. Um, there were times where I was like, he tackled and he kick, kicked the ball and he doesn't get the stat for a contested position from the uh, winning the free kick. Like, I don't know what was going on, and maybe that was just me watching it live and it not not, not happening properly, but I, I just saw so many times. I'm like scrolling and refreshing the Supercoach scores, and I'm like, hold on, he should be like, there should be another four points there. I, I don't know, it just seemed like he got destroyed from Supercoach. Like the champion data just don't like him. But compared to when we picked him as to where we thought we would go, he was still a success. Yeah, but I, I thought it would year. be better. Yeah, well, and yeah, you picked him very early. Year, I thought he'd be around the 100 mark. Yeah. Yeah. This year is interesting because he's, he's he finishes the year averaging 97.9. He's 531K as a forward midfield, which makes him premium, like D1, D2. Like it's If you're going to select him, it's, you're going to have to pay through the nose to get well, yeah, him. You have to. But I, out of the midfielders in that group, so we're looking at Scheel, Heppel, Smith, um, who else we've got, Mer- Merritt, etc. Smith is the one that lends to a forward craft more. Yeah. So do is is... Um, uh, Shield coming in, does that mean that Smith moves more forward? Is he playing more full pocket this year? Yeah, Less but, midfield? Mid, yeah, but Essendon still have a flaky midfield with Myers and stuff anyway. So yeah, I mean, that's he, what I mean. They've he got, should be fine. They've like, got guys really. like Myers. They've got guys like Parrish. They've got yeah. guys that, that all play that mid forward or that, a little bit forward, uh, more forward than mid or whatever. But what does that Devin Smith do this year? I think is it, it could still affect, the exact um, same role or is it, it changed? I think it could affect Parrish and, and um, Langford more. Yeah, and Langford yeah. and Myers, yep. I don't know, we'll have to see how they line up, but um, I am with you there. I think, the the uh, question mark just means I can't pick him. Yeah. That's that's for me. I mean, I'd rather I, pick a, a Heaney. I wouldn't be a, against people picking him. Well, but, Heaney would be a similar price point. I'd rather go a Heaney with a little bit more upside. Heaney's um, all, uh, and Heaney does have upside because yep. you've got people leaving that midfield too. So, Especially not having Glendula this time of year too, so uh, could be good options there. I'm conf- Yeah, I'm conflicted about Devin Smith in terms of what... Uh, now... Maybe in the JLT, maybe he comes out, plays pure midfield, and you lock him in. Yeah, I'm not sure, but um, that question mark for me is just means that he could go down ten points per game, or he could go up ten points per game. Like I, I don't know where that's going to be. So for me, it's a wait and see, and after the buys. Yeah, I don't see him much over a one hundred one hundred four or one hundred two even. Again, this a guy that you could definitely say if he's going well, upgrade him after the buy. 
having for the rest of the year. That's my personal opinion. Yep. Or if he's low enough ownership, then uh, maybe be brazen. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, Dyson Heppel. What do you think about Dyson Heppel? Oh, he's well, the, you said before, 100-ish. Well, basically, he's the Trent Cotchen of uh, Essendon as far yeah. as Supercoach draft goes. Um, except the reliable Trent Cotchen didn't actually do that well this year. <laughs> yeah. Had a great year. Played well. Played, Played well, well for, the, for the team. Good football player. Same thing like yeah. Great football but player. Supercoach. Just not really Supercoach relevant. Draft relevant if you get to the point where you're not trying to pick upside, you're just trying to get someone to do a job for you. Like, yeah. in, like any team, really. Good player. I do rate him. He might actually get a little bit more, um, now that other guys are doing a bit of the bulk, he might actually be able to get a little bit more around the place. Yeah, but um, yeah. even still, even if he gets cheap ball, he'll, well, still, he'll still average a 102. I saw know. someone saying on uh, Twitter recently, oh, why can't Dyson Heppel go 110 plus? Like he's got all the attributes to do it. And the fact of the matter is, he's just never done it before. Right. So I don't think just adding a midfielder means that all of a sudden he's going to average 110. And it's consistency. He's yeah, just, he's exactly. never been consistent to be able to string week in, week out those performances. Big scores, Some, yeah. Sometimes he gets in and does it all. Sometimes he lets other people do it and he, he just, just goes away. One, like he'll go 140 in round one, then he'll go 80 the next week. Yep. That's that's, that's, that's what I mean. Like he, he lets other people do the bulk yeah. and then he chips around and does the team thing. Yeah. You know, how you doing, mate? You doing great well? football, though. Yeah, oh, Love yeah. watching him play. Good football. I, I think he's great at it. But uh... And look, seven years, missed six games. Yeah. But, you know, consistent for draft purposes. That's a lot. Third, fourth midfielder. He missed yeah. the whole year. Missed six games since debuting seven years ago. Um, maybe. And he missed the whole year. Let's have a look at the football. saga. It's the saga. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. It wasn't you can't miss. There's, there's, no, more from injury. there's more than six no, games. Missed up. No, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, if you want to include that, then ha, sure. Ha, ha, ha. Don't make me laugh. Um, but yeah, since since he actually was playing. <laughs> yeah, injured. Yeah, fair call. He's, from injury, he's only missed six games since debut. So, so a great draft choice because you, you just have that guy that can punch out 100 most weeks, you know? But he's not going to ever be the one that. The difference between winning and losing. You know what I'm saying? Fair call. Um, now, before we get on to the next part, I just want to, uh, I've got a little highlights for you to, uh, good old Zachy Merritt. Hold on one moment. That is just one click away. Um, sorry, I just had a a bit of a technical issue with my mouse, which didn't really work. Um, just going to play a little Zach, Zach Merritt highlights because he is our highlighted player of... Well, um, of Essendon, I think that he is the one that definitely um, has the most benefit. Well, he was knocked out round one on 17. Uh, so his price dropped hugely. Uh, I actually considered bringing him in when he was that cheap, expecting him to be able to turn it around. Yep. Um, and he did throughout the year. So he he's definitely underrated. He is undervalued, particularly for draft even. Like so many of the first round picks from last year, or anywhere from that five, pick five to pick fifteen in draft, yep. like the highest averages, are cheap. Yep. Rory Sloan, Matt Crouch, Zach Merritt, Zorko was there. They all just fell off a cliff, didn't they? Yeah, but yep. doesn't mean that they're not quality players. So, as in for those players, you could easily pick them up in a second or a third round in draft, and then they're the best vice captain options because if they come out and hit their straps, you know, you're looking at a guy who yep. should have been a first round pick almost, or even a second round. You might be getting a third round. Depending on how cluey your, your mates are, but um, I think they're great options. Yeah, well, I mean, he's 544k, but he was knocked out in round one on 17, so he has a higher true average. He also um, had a 10, grand, 10 game, um, in the last 10 games of the season, averaged 113. He's well unders, and the reason why he actually was underperforming this year was because he was getting tagged in games. And he's sort of learned to work way through that at stages. 
Yes. But Dylan Shield coming in means that if you're tagging anyone, you're tagging Dylan Shield. Yeah, well, Dylan Shield gets shut down. He's, he's the damage man for GWS. G- they were tagging him yeah. at GWS. Exactly right. Uh, I'm with you. So I, I definitely think that Zach Merritt, he's not, I wouldn't say he's 100% lock. I wouldn't say, you know, throw away the key. But you can, do, you can do without him. I think it depends on ownership. It depends on his preseason. Yeah. But I am looking at him. Um, even, like I said, in draft, I'm looking at going possibly even three or four heavy straight midfields because of the amount of value there. Guys that are sitting a little bit lower, yep. you know, other guys will be looking at them. But you can get you could get three vice captain options so easily this year. Yeah. By going straight up value, bang, 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 getting there is a lot of value premiums. in midfield, which is important this year because I mean the expensive rucks, expensive defenders, expensive danger yep. in the forward line. I mean, if you everyone's having like if there's not a hundred percent ownership for Dangerfield. Something's wrong. But see, you, you, could right? e- you could easily go straight up and get yourself a Grundy, a Matt Crouch, and then get a, a Zach Merida or a Zorko. Yeah. You know, and Which be able to fill out your... All uh, potential 110s. Yeah. Um, averages. And still get a great mid uh, a ruck option. Or just go bang, 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 yeah. and go straight yeah, up. The mid. ones that are going to kill you is the, the Tom Mitchell, the Patrick Kitt, Crips, like those real super expensive Uber premiums. Yes. Um, is it worth that extra 100000 for oh, a... Oh, for standard? Yeah, for, that's, yeah, that's where I heard or 150000 for a Mitchell. Yes. Oh, it's a lot of money. Correct. Um, so, yeah, I think the midfield is where you can have a little bit more flexibility this year. Um, and I think there'll be a lot of people that will only start, say, one of the uh, a Crips or Mitchell. Well, and then it's funny because last year I was questioning whether the people, the ones that hadn't been there before, whether they were worth it. Yeah. You know, Matt Crouch hadn't been there before. Oliver hadn't been there before. You know, Dusty Martin hadn't been in the top 10 mids before. So I was yeah. questioning all these guys. And everyone's like, oh, no, they're, they're a sure thing. And I was like, well, no one's a sure thing, you know, because I was considering Hanbury at the point, which obviously, lucky I didn't do. <laughs> but but I'm like, well, how do you, you don't know these things. Right. But what, what it's proven then is, is now you've got guys that were good the year before who have now dropped in price, other guys that have overtaken. So now it's kind of like the flip side compared to what I was saying last year. There's so much value. Like, why can't you pick a guy who has been a top 10 pick previously? Why can't you pick one of these guys? Yeah, you know. Whereas it's kind of flipped because now people are like, well, hang on, you can get a, a, a Matt Crouch, you can get a Zach Merritt, you can get a Zorko, you can get um, all these other players that have actually Taylor Adams. Taylor, well, no, but guys, There's that, so many guys that, that guys that guys that have been there previously. Yeah, and I think people this year are more willing to actually kind of go, well, I'm going to pick them based on value because they can and should, or I think they're going to be a top ten. And the ones that are there at the moment, the top ten mids. Uh, there's not as much certainty yeah. because you know it can easily fluctuate, um, which is a very interesting year. And I think I'm the, keen there's to more look... locks in, say, forward and defense than there are in, say, midfield. Yes, correct. And Midfield's even, where it's going to be And even premium defenders, there's a lot of fluctuation in, in how you're going to structure up which yeah. cheaper options you're going to uh, go with. This year in Supercoach is a great year. I'm keen to look it's at the point of, point of differences and look for some great options this yeah. year. So. Uh, now, lastly, we'll just move on to some mid prices. Uh, I'll just uh, transition this on back. There we go. Uh, so we're now looking at uh, some mid prices. There's a couple of juicy ones, but really most of the um, uh, most of the Essendon players that are super coach relevant are all uh, premiums. Yes, we do have two that I want to look at, um, and there are more ones to watch. Um, Aaron Francis is someone that I think could average okay. Um, he got a chance to prove himself and he averaged a respectable 80 over the last five games of the season, um, which is when he played. So he didn't play for the whole year, played the last five games. He had a low of 42 and a high of 104 and yet still averaged 80 um, behind the ball. Played really good and looked, just looked dominant in the air. 
Um, he's gone over in the off season. Um, he's hired his own personal trainer. He's gone to the nth degree, getting super fit for hopefully round one. Um, and I think that he could really make an impact. Um, unfortunately, it's 350K, so for standard, I probably wouldn't touch him with a bar of soap. Correct. But he may be able to slip under your radar in draft and uh, and could be a really good option there. Um, same with Andy McGrath. Now, because of the introduction of... We're all waiting until Andy McGrath gets to go in the midfield, right? We That's, are. We're I all waiting. This could be the year. I don't know. I don't know. Again, either. like, how do they structure up? If he does, and this is why it's a one to watch, it's... In, in draft, uh, uh, yeah, I, I could comfortably take him because he's not going to average less, I don't think, than what he did. No, I think he'll at least go at what he is or above, except yeah. there's definitely upside there. Whether it's this year, whether it's next year, it's either make or break. If you get him at a good time and he, and he goes bang, you look like a genius. Yep, exactly. Uh, otherwise, you look like a bit of a it, It's like the Oliver thing. Like, no one saw Oliver coming out and going bang, bang, bang. I mean, he obviously had a really good JLT. Well, it was like the other year when you picked Daniel Wells up as you're like four, F4 or yeah. F, F3, and everyone's like, you're mad. Yeah, and then he comes out and goes, what, 106 yeah, or something. Yeah, you went nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah, so look, he, he could break out at any point in time, and we just don't know when that's going to be, but I'm happy to um, you know, field questions on it anyway. Um, interesting mid-prices. So the other one's Danaher. I've got him down as another one to watch. Um, I will not be starting with Danaher, but he's cheap enough to have a look at it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think he's a great point option. If he gets going, then yes, but he's not training that well at the moment. Yep. So he's still not I training want, well. I, yep. I don't even know if he's going to start round one. So for me, I'm not starting him. Even no if way. he does start, I would rather bring him in than start I would, you can't and you can't bring him in because two seventy k you lose too much value. Bring him in. Later. I don't think he's going to start, so I'd rather. I don't. I think I, he's I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to start. I think he's going to miss the first few games, and he's going to come out there and at least you get a look in. Yep. and then if he goes bang bang bang, then yes, you can bring him in. But uh, even then, I don't really. Yeah, I don't know. He's maybe he's a round three special, I reckon. Yeah. So if he performs in round one and two, and you're like, okay, I've got to get on because I'm going to make a hundred k in week two, week three. That's 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 the only way that I'm looking at Danny. Yeah, I know other people yeah, will be like, I've got the extra money, I'm just going to throw it into Danny Her. He's averaged 86 before, he can get back to but that. The only way he can be around three specials is if you're downgrading or side swapping. Yeah, so from... let's say you take a Dobie Green, for example. He comes down in round one and two and then gets injured. Or, or Spud Spud. Yeah. Or pulls a Cox on you. Yeah, yeah. He goes a 40 or something. Mason Cox, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're doing that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, look, and so that's my preference in terms of a cheaper mid-price option someone right now. Keep, someone has to keep you honest. Chris. Yeah, right. So, I think that Danaher could be interesting, but not really for me. Um, the other one that I, uh, I, I've put down is a massive draft, Smokey. Don't, don't listen to it in standard, but Tom Bell Chambers. So, yes. I think he's one that will be a late ruck to go, even though he's 505k. Um, had his first real run at a full season. So he played his highest amount of games in a season in 20 and managed to average 93. Decent. Now, he could be anything. The problem is he's just come back from shoulder surgery. So he had postseason shoulder surgery. So I'm not sure if, it, if that's going to impact him with early games. If it is, and this is a lock, Zach Clark, who's at 142K and they've just uh, brought him over, who had a dominant season in the waffle. Um, he should be considered, um, and I think he should be your starting R3, Zach Clark, because I think he might get games and games early. And they're mooting that they might even go to a... Um, they've got... Right now, they're playing uh, Sean McPherson. Is that his name? What's his name? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's been playing... Yeah, someone on Twitch, I'm sure, or the live Twitch will... Uh, will yeah, no, that. you're right. Um, but he's been playing um, you know, as that second you know, hit-up ruck, ruck forward. Yeah, he'll, um, be, he'll be gone. So um, I think Zach Clark could overtake him, even though he played decent. 
towards the back end of the year and, and during the year. I, I would hope that eventually it's going to be a rack combination of Bell Chambers and Zach Clark. And if that happens, you can't not have him at 142k. So, yes, players to avoid? Uh, Jake Stringer. Well, I think that's fair. Uh, maybe as a late if 18-man draft league, you could pick up a Jake Stringer. No worries at all. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I'm happy with that. And an 18-man, <laughs> yeah. 12-man league, I doubt it unless you're really desperate. And uh, I can't believe you put Darcy Parrish. I just don't know his role anymore. So what, like, where does he fit into their 20 and Darcy Parrish was a high draft pick. I know. He but can play mid, we, he can play forward, and... and but he can, can he score super coach points? Correct. Now, <laughs> granted, I had him, I was big on him at the start of the year, and he was horrible. Yeah. Okay? But when he came back from around 17 to 23, 115, a 100, a 101, and a 96. So they're four good scores out of seven. And then his low end, he got a 72, a 62, and an 84. So he finished maybe it's pretty just, well. Maybe it's just my bias working in. But if, if I'm um, Wisher and I'm looking at, okay, well, I want to have the best people playing in midfield that I possibly can. I've only got, you know, let's say 40 mid-minutes to give someone. I'm giving those mid-minutes to Andy McGrath. I'm not giving them to... I think they can back. get a natural spread. I think there's still enough room to move. As far as midfield depth and actually getting rotations through, I think his talent alone and his natural progression, like he's averaged 80.3 for 15 and games. he's got good arms, so... Yeah, Darcy <laughs> Miniguns Parish. But That's you true. look at it, he got 72 points. there we go. He's gone up four points a game, McKernan, yeah, good call. Yeah. Uh, he's gone up four points every year, which means that there's no reason why he can't average 85 this year, which as a forward mid option is a pretty good option he's... for draft. For draft, yeah, yes. no way. You can't say he's. You can't say he's not relevant. I'm not going to pick him because I don't know his. I don't know what role. I'd he's go going there in draft. Hell, I'd no, I'll, I'll leave him for you then. Hell, I'd go there in real life. <laughs> you would. <laughs> uh, all right, that pretty yeah. much wraps up our Essendon pod. Wonderful, thank, thank you, very you very much. much. Enjoy, and uh, we'll be with you again shortly. Yep. Uh, make sure to hit us up on our socials again. Sorry for the fifth blast in uh, in a very short time to those four people watching us on stream, but. Obviously, we're on Twitch at twitch.tv um, forward slash SC underscore insider. On Twitter at, at SC underscore insider underscore. Correct. Facebook Facebook.com forward slash SC insider. Yep. Wonderful. And we're now on Spotify. Catch you soon, guys. Thank you. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing.